2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. I am your host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and we are once again doing the last two weeks in gaming news. My Player 2 for today is a good friend of mine. He's a TikToker. He's a streamer. He's local. He's a fan, most importantly. My friend Draven. Welcome to the show, Draven. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm so stoked to be here. We've got a lot of awesome news for you guys today. Definitely, definitely, Draven. And I want to just stop and say thank you because you've been a fan for a little while. You reached out to us. You joined the Discord. You've been nothing but super duper friendly and helpful. When I first went behind the scenes and talked to people I knew about the show and was like, hey, do you want to be on board? Do you want to be a rotating host? Blah, blah, blah. Not only were you 100% in, but you just for that particular week just started stacking news in a doc and shared it with me. And you've been actually tremendous in gathering all the news for these past two weeks, which is typically something that I'll shoulder. And I got to tell you, I very much appreciate the help. And it looks fantastic. We got tons of stuff to talk about. Yeah, right. I wanted to be helpful and proactive, and I figured that was both. I really appreciate you. I really do. And and folks, we're going to let you know where you can find Draven at the end of the show, so please stick around for that. But let's get into it. Before we start news proper, I asked you this while we were offline. You haven't checked out the Cyberpunk Edge Runners show, have you yet? You know, I was flipping through stuff, and I popped on like for a minute, and the art style looks really cool. I haven't checked it out, though. Okay. Yeah, I popped in for a minute, too, and my children are in the room, and I very quickly shut it off. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is... A... I mean, I don't know why... I didn't assume it wasn't a doll. I just didn't assume it would be like Sace Monos levels of bloody and violent, like in the first five minutes. But uh, it it's really good. I love the animation as well. I noticed that Akira Yamaoka does the music, which is interesting. How far are you into this? There's 10 episodes this season, and I've seen five or six. I can't recall exactly how many, but around that number. What would you liken it to so far? Hmm. Like something, like an existing property? Love whatever in robots? I mean, it definitely one? has qualities of Love, Death, and Robots, especially Season 1, because there were some episodes in Season 1 that were about body modification. But really, more than anything, Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runners is like the game. They pull sound effects directly from the game. The art and locations is lifted from the game. The bar Ooh. is exact same layout. There were even areas where they'd be like in an abandoned warehouse, or they'd be like a shootout or something in a random part of the city, and then they'll pan out. And in my mind's eye, I can literally see that same environment modeled in the game, and I've been there. It's wild. So the story's not oneers. It's a continuous story. It's a continuous story, yeah. So it's not an anthology, if that's what you were kind of pulling from Love, Death. Yes. No, it's, it's definitely a tightly written story. It's really, really good. It's about a kid who has a run of bad luck and tries to make it in Night City and gets in with some people who run jobs. One of the main things you do in the video game, you meet, I think they're called data brokers. Uh, I feel bad. And now it sounds like I haven't played the game before, but they're uh, Wakako. She's, she's one of them. And she's one of the earliest ones that you work with. And they just give you jobs. They're like, retrieve this person who's been kidnapped, find the data in this van, blah, 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 blah. He's doing the same thing as an edge runner. He's getting jobs and stuff like that. And it's cool to kind of see him go through his arc and get to know everybody else in the group and the dynamic. There's a big emphasis on a lot of the themes from the game, like cyber psychos, when you augment too much and go crazy, body modifications in general, classism, corpos run everything, Arasaka sucks. Like, all of that is in there. It's amazing. 
so for as a fan of the game and again a disappointed fan obviously the game didn't really live up to my initial expectations but it's not a terrible game by any means and i would recommend it to anybody who's a fan of the aesthetic or the genre it's a wonderful compliment it feels slightly nostalgic because every time they get a phone call the sound that they hear is the same sound i heard in the game and a lot of the you know the graphics and the the heads-up displays that they have with their cybernetic eyes, it all matches up. And yeah, it's got a distinctly anime feel. The action is beautifully drawn. It's the best of, I think, multiple worlds. I don't know if I can recommend it highly enough. Everybody in the Discord that has been talking about it seems to enjoy it, too. Nice. Definitely have to check that out. Straight up, straight up. Well, uh, I think we should go ahead and get into it without any further ado. I am reeling from all the news in the past two weeks. Oh my god, we had the tokyo game show we had a nintendo direct we had a sony state of play we had you know developers like ubisoft and others who are like doing their own showcases it's been madness it's been madness so (laughs) speaking of let's get right into the tokyo game show you down for that yes excellent let me ask you draven i've been talking a lot what are your overall thoughts of the show is this really like your wheelhouse are you into these types of games You know, this, um, I was looking over everything, not my big cup, right? Not super into these sorts of, but I, there's some titles here and there that I can definitely, definitely get behind. And some, some of those new samurai action shooters look just really ruthlessly cool. Yeah, I saw that you pointed out that there was a game by a developer called Newcore Games, and I read the IGN article on it. The game is called The Devil Within, Satgat, is that it? Or Sagat? Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, S-A-T-G-A-T, who knows. But it's a 2.5D action adventure, and you compared it to Ninja Gaiden or Castlevania, which I think is pretty apt. It's atmospheric, and there's like animations and things where they kind of move into the 3D aspect, but then, of course, they pan out for exploration and a lot of combat. New Core, it looks like they've only done one other game, which is a mobile game, so they're fairly fresh. And then as far as the Tokyo Game Show itself, we have some highlights and there were some other shows kind of mixed in that we'll probably talk about when we get into consoles and stuff. We got more info on Wolong Fallen Destiny, which is the game from Techno Tecmo Koei. And I was really interested in this because it looked like it was Three Kingdoms themed. And then they dropped a demo and I got the chance to play it and realized it was. In fact, I was picking up Yellow Turbine's equipment, which I thought was really neat. It's interesting. I was looking into the game itself, and I didn't want to call it a Souls-like. I hate comparing things to Souls, but it (laughs) obviously has similarities. If you die, you restart at a checkpoint, and if you activate checkpoints, you can replenish your healing items. And the person that killed you, you'll lose like half your stuff and have to get it back by killing them. There's this interesting morale system, though, where the more enemies you take out, the higher your morale becomes, and it actually affects your battle performance. But if a person kills you, their morale doubles, so in order to take them down, you have to be extra careful. They're self-described as Massacore. Have you ever heard of that term? Massacore. 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 It's like a portmanteau between masochistic and hardcore, I assume. Oh, oh, I see. And I guess they're wanting to move away from Souls-like and be in that type of genre. And I looked it up. Like, I was like, is this a thing? And apparently there is. On the wiki page, they say Massacre encompasses Souls-like games as well as, like, really difficult 2D games, like old Nintendo games and stuff, like Ninja Gaiden. Uh (laughs) They keep bringing that up. Drink every time you hear us say Ninja Gaiden. No, don't do that. I don't want to be responsible for somebody getting hurt. (laughs) But yeah, 
I never heard of that term before, but I'm so happy because I'm so sick of saying Souls-like. So from now on... That's so true. Massacore. Yeah. It's the new wave. It's the new wave. You, you heard it here first, folks, unless you heard it somewhere else, in which case, what are you doing? You should be on the show. You heard it before I did. Overall, I really like it. It's a demo, so I'm not going to judge it too harshly, but I didn't have any issues, no bugs. It, it played relatively smoothly. I've definitely played games from Koei Tecmo that felt slightly smoother. But overall, I mean, just the sheer variety and the number of attacks that you can do and the weapons that you can carry, the magic you can perform, the special skills you can go in as a warrior or go in as like a ninja, like stealth. There's definitely a lot of variety in the gameplay. I can't knock it for that, at least. So I think it's one to watch. Yeah, speaking of Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, speaking of Ninja Gaiden, for sure. Now, Square Enix had a few showings. Most of it was stuff that we already knew about. I'm still pretty excited about Crisis Core and Forspoken. Star Ocean 6, I believe it actually has a demo out now, so I can start and not finish that, which will be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Capcom. Capcom showed off a lot more Street Fighter 6, and I thought it looked great. Now, again, this is not really something that's in your wheelhouse, I assume. Not a huge fighter fan. I dabble with Smash Bros. Same. And I'm not really a huge fighter fan either. Full Metal Merc definitely is. He's been talking this up and Tekken. But the thing that really interests me about this is I am a Brawler fan. I'm a Metro City fan. I am a Final Fight fan, right? And you're in Metro City. It's confirmed just from the video that they showed. They have a hub world that you can explore and meet different characters from Street Fighter oh. and study under them like their masters so you can learn their signature moves, right? And they showed the character that you create getting around town using the moves. So there may be interactables in the environment that you can only reach or activate or side quests you can only complete by knowing special moves. You can, of course, attack, you know, random people to, I'm, I'm guessing, up your street cred. There's a lot of gimmicky battle rules I saw where like a bomb will be floating around the stage while you're trying to fight or you have to fight multiple enemies at the same time. The hub world kind of sounds like that Mortal Kombat game where you have the campaign, you're going through that overworld. Yeah. Annihilate. What is that one? No, Annihilation. You're, no, you're exactly right. I think yeah. it was either Annihilation or it was um, Deception. Maybe one both. Yeah, just a more fleshed out version of that because obviously the one that Mortal Kombat did was a lot more rudimentary. And they even have like this hub that you can go to that kind of looks like a fighting game tournament for gamers. And you sit down like at an actual Street Fighter tournament stick and that's how you can initiate battles. They have ROMs on there. I saw like the start screen for Final Fight, so you can probably play Final Fight. There's like custom mini games similar to what you've seen in Street Fighter Pass, like destroying a car. It looks like a lot of fun. I'm actually really closely anticipating that one. What else we have here? Pal World showed back up in the news. I remember this when we covered it a while back because it's Pokemon with guns and it looks insane. It's been on <laughs> PC for a while, but it was at the Microsoft event. So I'm assuming it'll be coming to the Xbox series. It looks like as of now, they're mentioning 2023. I can't wait. I think that's going to be amazing. It looks so dumb. <laughs> I'm into stuff like that. And... They showed off Like a Dragon 8, Ishin, and Gaiden. I know you had a few things to say about Ishin just from the trailer at the State of Place. So we'll talk about that later. Another thing that happened during this show completely surprised me when I woke up to the news. Suikoden 1 and 2, the classic RPGs from the PlayStation, are getting remasters. And there is such a huge fan base for this. I mean, that's why there's all this excitement around Eden Chronicle. You know what I mean? They're like the games that they're making from the old developers. So... 
the remaster looks really competent. It's got all of the upgrades you would want a remaster to have as far as, you know, quality of life. It looks great. There's not much else I can say about it except for I'm definitely getting it. It's coming out in 2023 on everything but the Switch, I believe. That covers everything, I think, notable from Tokyo Game Show. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. How is the Switch not getting it? Remasters are so perfect for the Switch. I think it I think it will eventually get on the Switch. It just hasn't been announced for the Switch yet. So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I can't imagine, like you said, why it wouldn't be on the Switch eventually. Let's move on. We have Microsoft news. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Big Nkrumah, the regulators looking really closely at Microsoft's Activision acquisition, concerns of antitrust, bad faith concerns of antitrust from Sony, but whatever, it's still a concern, it's legit. And we saw here from Ars Technica, the Competition and Markets Authority in the UK earlier this month became the first global antitrust regulator to sound the alarm over this transaction. And in the article, they had mentioned that Microsoft was given a certain number of days to come up with any kind of resolution or assurance that would resolve their worries. And that actually didn't happen. So it sounds like they're going to be moving forward to what they call, quote, a phase two probe, which I have no idea what that is. Phase two probe sounds kind of hot, if you ask me. I mean, they're obviously putting the brakes on it. They're going to look at this deal because, um, I mean, it could it could be dangerous. It could be considered monopolistic, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the general thought. And again, we discussed it last week on ways it could and ways it couldn't. I agree with Big Nkrumah in his opinion that I feel like it would just be really not very smart to not have Call of Duty on PlayStation. Like, they're just missing out on money. You know what I mean? And it's not like Microsoft hasn't allowed IP that they own on other consoles before. You know, look at Minecraft. Look at the lending of IP to Nintendo for Smash. They don't seem like they're the type that would be petty and withhold a game for the platform of their competitors because they're still making money off of that. I don't know what kind of guarantee they can make in that regard or what kind of guarantee they would want to make that would help you know, regulators like the CMA back off. But honestly, putting aside my bias and prejudice, you know, and and wanting to see certain things, it does set a very dangerous precedent just because of the size of the acquisition. So I am glad that people are scrutinizing and looking forward, even though secretly I think they're just kind of like, give us more money under the table and we'll look the other way. (laughs) But speaking of which, Microsoft has had a pretty aggressive DRM on the Series X and S and Xbox One that I actually didn't know about until I saw the story. Recently, this DRM was actually rolled back, which is how I first heard that it even existed, and it it was in regards to being able to play games offline. Now, because I just only recently got my Series X and I play mainly Game Pass games, I I don't think I've bought a single Xbox Series X game that's like physical, right? And all of my older content, you know, I've had forever and haven't really had any issues with. But apparently, you were not able to play disc-based games or solo digital games offline for an indeterminate amount of time. And then eventually, you'd have to check in to make sure you were online. So there are online DRM checks, which, again, I find interesting because there was such backlash about Xbox One. Do you remember that when they had the DRM initially? Well, yeah, it's criminal. You can't have this on a game console where you have to be online to play titles that are offline. Well, I mean, they're not taking into account that not everybody has decent internet connection, if internet at all, consistently. 
and you know there's power outages there's times where you're going to be away from the internet and you should be able to play the physical game you bought on your physical console so i'm glad they rolled it back i didn't even know it was a thing because i typically single player game more on switch and playstation but good news i guess there you go i hadn't heard about this either this is great news a step in the right direction at least gee whiz for sure for sure you did bring up some news regarding xbox and discord what's that about Discord integration. Thank goodness you can join a Discord voice call from your Xbox finally, but you have to kind of go through your mobile to do it. You have to link your accounts on your Xbox and then your mobile, and then you have to pull your phone out, click the server that you want to join, click join on console, and then you're in there. That's really weird, but better than nothing? Again, a good step. Yeah, a good step. Sure. PlayStation's next. PlayStation should be coming in late October, I think, is the patch that they said. That's great news. That's great news for folks who want to communicate via Discord or already have that network set up. Obviously a little bit more reliable than trying to communicate directly over console as well, at least in my experience. Especially in all these like multiplayer games that are like, hey, Fortnite, everyone can play it on everything. Mm -hmm. If you're on a party in Discord, you don't have to worry about going, hey, well, let's use the game comms or hey, let's let's just use Discord, make sure everyone's on it. Mm -hmm. People with console can get into that family easier now. It's going to be much easier. And also in game comms, you know, maybe someone's too loud. And there's no volume bar for them. What's up with that? <laughs> someone's way too loud and you can't turn them down at all no volume bars it's it's just way yeah. better in discord yeah no you're right i'm glad i mean you made a good point they're catching up to the cross-platform play that we all know and love it, it's long overdue so at least it's here that's great also long overdue golden eye oh my gosh to xbox game pass and nintendo switch that's later on you know from the direct the original golden eye on nintendo 64 now with game pass you're going to have 4K, a better frame rate, and achievements. I was under the impression, and correct me if this has changed, that you can only play online if you play the Switch version. No, you're going to have online for the Xbox version as well. Okay, that is news to me. The last I heard, they were saying that they were not having online, so that's great. That is awesome, actually. I think that's the one sticking point. A lot of people were like, well, what the heck, man? <laughs> Why are you only allowing it online with Nintendo? Especially since more people, I think, are set up to better play online on Xbox for reason. One of the reasons we just mentioned. So, where did you hear that? Oh, I mean, when it was initially announced. Am I not reading this article correctly? Because that sounds that sounds ridiculous, if true. I mean, it is ridiculous. That's why it stuck out on my head. Oh my gosh! It says it right here. Rare says that online multiplayer is exclusive to Nintendo's console. Told you. That sounds like a mistake. Honestly, that's that's people are going to be upset about that. Yeah, There's I know. Be modders right away. Hopefully it's temporary, some kind of weird deal, Nintendo cut, I don't know. And it's not really, I mean, it's weird. You figure it'd be a deal Microsoft cut with Nintendo because it's a Rare game and Microsoft owns Rare. IP is weird, especially when you're crossing like established IP with other established because you have the James Bond brand, right? You got licensed music in there. It was on N64, made by a company that worked with them and then was bought by another company. It is, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for now if you want to play online goldeneye in this particular release you're gonna to have to be on the nso what does that even leave xbox and pc players is there a campaign in that game there's a campaign I, well i mean and you could play locally too obviously you can do the four player yeah you could do the four player local you just can't do it online and i don't think this is permanent i don't see the sense in them not allowing eventually xbox to play online as well so no way we'll have to keep an eye on that i agree it's silly all right sony news 
we had rumors previously on a new console coming out and it looks like this may be what they were talking about we had information from playstation lifestyle a new ps5 with an extra USB-C port and a separate disk drive that they're expecting to roll out next year, which is interesting because they can't even roll out their own PS5s. (laughs) (laughs) And not at the original price. I've never in my life had a current generation console that I bought appreciate in value. You know how silly that is? It's a little wild. It's worth $200 more than when I bought it. And it's the current generation. What is happening? You never see that happen with electronics. It's always plummets. Yeah, it plummets until it hits like that weird retro status. And then it starts to go back up. And only if it's rare, right? (laughs) Only if it's in great shape. (laughs) Exactly. So I don't know what is happening. But I read through the article. It looks like the detachable disk drive will be able to connect and look like it's not external on the PS5 if you want. But essentially, it's quote-unquote a PS5 Slim because they're drastically reducing the weight by not having the attached disk drive on there. Cool, I guess. I don't know. I didn't see any other specs. I don't know if you did in regards to increased internal memory or anything like that. I think the only thing that really makes it different from the digital is the extra C port. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about it. And then again, a, a detachable disk drive, which... Uh, cool option. Yeah, I don't know who's asking for it, but okay. For real. Sony makes tons of iterations of all of their machines, though. You found this story, though, in regards to the exploit for playing PS2 games through an emulator on PS4 and PS5. Oh, yeah. This exploit that some console hacker just made public, I think it was like a year or two ago, he had actually submitted this exploit to Sony as part of a bug finding program, and they just have not patched it. Here's what it is, basically. I saw that, yeah. Every game, right, That you, if you buy a PS2 game, that emulator is baked into the game. So there's a specific version of the PS2 or PS1 emulator that's bundled with that game. Some of these games have exploits, kind of like on the Wii, like if you're loading up twilight princess to do the save exploit to hack the wii same sort of deal here yeah Yeah. but uh he mentions in his post that it is essentially unpatchable exploit and that it can be used to run your custom code so we probably see ps4 and ps5 probably see some homebrew apps for those really soon i mean ps4 you can already hack them that's how he got it was through an already hacked PS4. He edited a save and then used that PS4 to sign the save so that he could load it. Interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I read through the article and it seems like a much better exploit than the previous one that was known a couple of years ago. I don't know if you follow them or heard about them because they got popular by releasing a lot of information about the CMOS battery issue. And I got on over to their site, Hikikomori Media. And they made a video about how to take a PS4 and make it like a custom, quote-unquote, PS2 classic using an exploit from an older version before updated firmware. So with this one, you have to track down an older PS4 under a certain model number, which is a lot harder than any PS4 or PS5. So that's great. (laughs) But I liked about what he did. He was able to hack the program and the in-console or like on the operating system, the inherent emulator and then he was able to rip the isos from his ps2 games using a program he found on his computer and then just place those isos onto the ps2 he was able to rip box art like he showed how to do everything and it looked fantastic it was essentially 
you know, before it will eventually get released, his own PS2 classic, which I thought was really cool. For those who are on the hacking and modding scene, this is great news. I'm definitely one of those people that likes to experiment with that type of stuff. And out of all of the physical games I have, off the top of my head, I probably have the most PS2 games. So it'd be really cool if I could take my old PS4 and do something similar. I'm, I'm excited about that. It's crazy that they have the capability to do it, and they, they just won't release a real tool for you to load ROMs on your console. It's kind of just kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, maybe... They just want to resell them to you. That That's probably part of it. Also, if you make that technology and that process more widely known, maybe they fear it will lead to more piracy. Because, yes, legit, you could rip an ISO off a disk you own, put it onto an emulator, and you're not really breaking any rules. But once more and more people learn how to rip ISOs, then how many people are like, let me sell you this ISO, let me give it to you, let me let you borrow it. And then that could translate in lost sales down the road. So I get the hesitation to do that. Because right now, as easy as it seems for me, because I've demystified myself with it, you know, the average gamer, the average person may not be super comfortable or understand like, or even want to take the risk to hack and, and what that entails. I could be wrong, though. Maybe everybody's hacking. (laughs) Hack the planet. We talked about a new rewards program, and you had put the news up here about it. I read through it, and it looks like PlayStation Stars Rewards is a program that's going to start soon, and you get reward points. It sounds similar to, like, what Xbox is already doing, right? Because you get points for playing games on Game Pass or getting achievements, and I have it set to automatically give me like a $10 gift card or something because I you know, I don't care about the rest of that stuff. And it sounds like with PlayStation, they're advertising you redeem points you get for purchases and achievements. And you get games, DLC, digital collectibles, which you had mm-hmm. mentioned are definitely not NFTs. That's a quote. <laughs> that was funny. I don't know if like you display your digital collectibles on your PlayStation or where you access them. Or why? I mean, they're cute little 3D models. Maybe they were spurred on by the positive reception of Astro's Playroom. Because I will admit, when I played Astro on PS5, you can go through and get classic PlayStation whatevers. And there's this room where you can go check them out and move the 3D model and read about them. If it's a digital library that you collect things over time, game models, art, stuff like that, I could see there being a value in that. Especially if they had like a 3D interface you can walk around or... Just something flashy, right? An extension of achievements, essentially. Yeah, very flashy. People really like that. There was um, Super Smash Bros. had the toy collections. Yeah, know. true. I used people, to love collecting People do those. love that. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. um, For me, it was video game history. That's one of the things I love about Ultimate is its celebration of video game history. You know, back in Melee when you got the little trophies and you could read about them, I discovered games I hadn't heard about through that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So they're sticking just to PlayStation, but that's still cool. If they lean into VR, which VR2 is, it, I mean, their new headset's really nifty. If they lean into it, it could be kind of like their competition to Metaverse. You know, maybe you could have them like sitting in your avatar chill space. I don't know if they're going to do that, but that's just speculation. Yeah, it's probably something they're thinking about down the road. I I mean, it seems like a natural conclusion for sure. Mm-hmm. So whether you're excited about it or not, at the very least, you might get some discounts just for playing on your PlayStation, which is something you're going to be doing anyways. Now, you can sign up for an email alert on PlayStation's network if you want. I've done it because I'd like to know because I hopefully they'll retroactively give you points. Probably not because I have a dumb amount of trophies. 
<laughs> it is. I think I have like 40 Platinums. I can't remember how many I have. But Whoa. Yeah, it's silly. But you had mentioned VR. You're a big VR guy. You know, like VR. A lot of your streaming I've seen you do on the Oculus, right? The Quest 2, yeah, it's awesome. It's, I, I fully stand by it. Even though Meta and Facebook's a weird company, the headset is such a great budget headset. Well, we got a hands-on with PlayStation VR 2 through IGN in the past two weeks. We got some info on that. I mean, why don't you let the people know what you saw, what you think is cool, what, what your thoughts are overall. Well, the PSVR is coming out hidden. I mean, it's a spec-heavy headset. That's definitely competitive. The only thing is it's not it's still a tethered experience. That's one of the main things. It's not gonna be a big deal for console players. But mm. for the Quest 2 people, a lot of them really love the standalone wireless take it anywhere experience because some of them are younger, maybe they'll take it to school or whatever. I don't know what they do with it, but I know I know that I play it in my living room. Mm standalone i know i take it into my pc and i do the air link can't do any of that with psvr2 you can't pc link it and it's not wireless it's better though because it's actually instead of two thick cables it's one little tiny cable that's a, a bit of an improvement but yeah that's the one thing that other than like my um inevitable motion sickness but there's one thing that stopped me from the vr is all the setup and the wires and the bullshit mm. like it's it's a lot even if you have a large space and you almost have to have a partner help you set it up too because you can't <laughs> take the damn thing on and off all unstrap the control yeah it's a pain yeah. in the butt yeah especially if you get like other peripherals like i i was playing drive club at my friend's house and he had the wheel and the, the wheel and the pedals and everything and i'm like this is <laughs> a lot of stuff and then when you take a turn and you your body doesn't feel the shift you're like <laughs> it's just Oh, man. I envy people who can stay in VR for a long time. I want to so bad. I'm just not quite used to it yet. Uh, what was the price on that? Do you recall? $399 is PSVR 1. This one may be $499 because it is upgraded. That's just a speculative price, though. They don't have okay. a hard price yeah, dropped. Okay. I think it seems pretty reasonable, but I would like them. I mean, I know that they'd be losing money on it, but we need to create an install base. And the technology is a little bit on the pricey end. I don't see a lot of adopters, especially since there's hardly any PS5 owners to begin with because we can't get them. So <laughs> I'm worried that like other failed launches that PlayStation has had, <clears throat> Vita, if things don't go 100% good and smooth... Support could wane, and then we could see a decline in VR efforts. And I want to see people keep trying, because the more you try, the better the tech gets, the easier it is to afford, like the more cost-effective it is, and then it gets in the hands of more people and becomes more ubiquitous. So we will have to see. One thing that's going to stop that from happening is this VR2, the PS5, mm. and the actual headset and the hand controllers are really on par with everything else that's modern and TikTok's parent company is putting out a new headset that is very similar to this headset mashed with Quest 2 specs, mm -hmm. basically. So the Quest 2 is like 50% of VR users are using this headset. And then the Vive, which is slightly better, pretty much on par with this VR 2, but maybe a little bit better. It's really on par. So everyone who's developing a VR title, it's going to be playable by this for probably the next long time. It's going to be, it's going to be a little while before we see a really big leap in VR, I believe. All right. Well, that's positive. At least it'd be a good investment if you did throw down the clams. All right. Well, we have the state of play. My goodness, state man. Of play. Let's talk about that state of play. Had a lot of cool stuff. Tekken 8 showed up for the fighter fans out there. That plus Netflix having the show on there. Tekken fans are having a good time. They show the God of War extended trailer with gameplay. And whoo boy, it gave me chills. The score is still there. It's still strong. There was just set piece after set piece after set piece after set piece. Just wow. That game looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. 
that's what you expect from God of War is to push the limits of hardware and storytelling. It's like, what is the most epic story that we can tell while pushing the boundaries of, of what we can show you? And uh, man, don't you love it? Don't you just freaking love it? It's a flagship. I mean, it's one of the things that PlayStation is known for is just throwing stupid amounts of money at a single player experience and bless them for it. That's how we get stuff like Horizon. That's how we get stuff like Marvel Spider-Man and eventually, hopefully Wolverine. Can't wait to play that. But yeah, they had info on Hogwarts Legacy, Nobody Cares, uh, the demo for the <laughs> VR, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy v- Edge VR. Oh, wow. So that's Star Wars VR. What do you think about that? Star Wars VR? You know, I'm not a big Star Wars head. Really? Not, not a Are super you a Star Trek Star guy? Wars. I, I do love Star Trek, yeah. Can't get Why around Why is it always that. one or the other? I love Star Wars and I don't really fuck with Star Trek. I don't get it. That's like, funny. I don't meet too many people that like both. <laughs> Maybe there's got to be something, maybe with Trek, it's more like the kind of science-y, futuristic side that people are really into, right? Like the society that's built. And with Star Wars, it's just like space magic. See, that's the thing is, is Star Wars is the big showy story, I right. feel like. And then Star Trek, I'll get into Star Trek for like, hey, I want the politics and I want yeah. how the warp core works. And I, you know, I know Star Wars has a lot of that too, but... Um, no, but Star Trek definitely is the holder of that type, you know, that that style. I completely agree. And that maybe that's what's splitting people. It depends on what you come to sci-fi for. But yeah, I mean, Ryu Gakuto, you know, people who make the... Uh, I know I messed their name up. People who make the Yakuza series... They showed off a lot of Like a Dragon titles during this time period. Ishin, that's the one that's basically in feudal Japan, right? Right. So it's like a Yakuza, but in feudal Japan. But it's not. Yeah, but it's not. Is it still going to play? Like, are they going to have like a hub area? I I watched the trailer, but I didn't really get a sense that it was going to be like Yakuza or like a Dragon series. It was going to be more of like just an adventure set in feudal Japan that they made, which is interesting to me. But I don't know. What were your impressions? Hard to tell. I I think it is still set in that universe, is it not? And they're just changing the naming. Uh, well, it looked like maybe ancestors or something. I mean, I know when you had you had the Gaiden, and then you have like a Dragon Eight, and it sounds like they're just going to stick with the like a Dragon name moving forward, which is fine. Maybe they got tired of people trying to tag Yakuza or search Yakuza and not being allowed <laughs> because of it's an actual real gang. But uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't believe they're putting out like three games at the same time. I'm just blown away by like the amount of content that we're getting, you know, they're really churning it out and they rarely miss. I feel like I'm, I'm getting a little worried. I'm going to get oversaturated with fighting in feudal Japan. We had Sekiro. Then we had ghost of Tsushima we got some stuff in regards to Assassin's Creed. We got this. We got a lot of stuff being set in that time period. And well, long. I mean, it's it's China, but still like similar kind of like feudal warriors, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I'm wondering if I'm going to get oversaturated. I'm still going to check it out. I think it looks really good. Uh, then we had Pacific Drive. It's a horror survival car survival question mark. <laughs> car survival. <laughs> car based survival game. Gotta get that gas, yo. Probably inspired by recent prices. Let's see. Namco's Sin Duality. Third person shooter with mechs. Got some near style art. I would agree with that assessment. It looked like a competent action game. Mechs are fun. Yeah. People love mech action and and anime mechs. I think people are going to get into that. It's a niche. 
Like it robots don't make me horny, but I'll play a game with robots. I'll fuck <laughs> with robots. It's fine. I like robots. My only thing about the mech games is I hope that the controls don't feel detached because whenever you're piloting yeah. something like that, you're like, it takes a whole f- second and a half for me to hit something. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. Is it is it going to be more Dynasty Warriors or is it going to be like Steel Battalion, I think? Was that the one with the big ass controller? <laughs> all the buttons. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, we'll have to see what type of game we're going to get with that. Now, Project Eve showed back up. We talked about this. I feel like it was a year ago almost. And it was that action game with that woman that was wearing like the tight green pants. And they changed the name from Project Eve. It is now going to be known as Stellar Blade. It's just another action game with a lot of fighting. It really reminds me of a Platinum game, but it's not from Platinum. You said it was from Korean Shift Up Studios? Shift Up. They're called Shift Up? Yeah, Shift Up. Yeah, so I don't know if they've done anything else. Not anything that I've heard of, at least. I don't recognize their name, but the game has been in development for a while, and it looks fantastic, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to see that soon. I don't think they gave any release dates yet. They just gave a, a ton more footage and another playable character. Kind of looks like Bayonetta, you know, I'm not trying to be like that, but it kind of does. I mean, I mean, that's a fair assessment. I I could see that. Definitely not as particular an art style as Bayonetta. It's definitely more sci-fi slash robots again, slash, you know, like action game um, and monsters. It doesn't have like angels and demons specifically, but I get you. You're a techno lady fighting demons, it looks like. So more slashing up of things. Yeah, exactly. And who doesn't love that? So if you want action single-player games, damn it, PlayStation's got you covered. Speaking of which, from the Neo devs, we have another feudal Japan action. See what I'm, see what I'm saying? Rise of Ronin. a lot of it. Came out of nowhere. Looks awesome. <laughs> I just don't know. I mean, I guess everybody was like, man, Ghosts of Tsushima did really well. Let's People also... really like Ghosts of Tsushima. They really I, did like it. I love it. It's amazing. It's awesome. I, it was such a good marriage of gameplay, open world, theming, the story, as much of a wet blanket as he is through most of the game. I really got attached to Jen. I was into his story. And then with the downloadable content, they expanded it even more and really fleshed him out, especially his relationship with his father. I loved it. I loved it. Um, and then they add the multiplayer elements and like kind of like more the fantastical, you know, myth and Oni and all that. And that was a lot of fun. They really rounded the bases. That's why I'm like, I'm a little concerned. All this other stuff I'm not going to be as interested in because I've just been so blown out by Ghost of Tsushima. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm always man. ready to dive into a new story, honestly. And this one looks a little, the gunplay just like really is something that's kind of drawing me in. Because, like, that's new. That's going to be fresh. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Sony, thank you. Thank you for bringing us so many open world, just story focused. Because you can get an open world game. They're a dime a dozen. They're not hard to find. But one that really just has a story that does draw you in, that's so hard. And they give us a lot of them. Definitely. So we're going to move from the feudal Japan samurai themed state of play to the farm simulator themed uh, Nintendo <laughs> Direct. So the Nintendo Direct, people made jokes. I think Donkey roasted it, just saying it was nothing but RPG farm simulators, which there were more than I would have ever expected. Was there like six? I can't remember how many there were. There was definitely more than a handful. Yeah, Harvestella was one of them, and that has a demo on the eShop that you can play right now. I downloaded it, but I haven't had a chance to check it out. I think there was too many, but also I kind of dig farm simulators that have RPG aspects. Yes. 
I really got into that formula back when Battle Chef Brigade came out. Have you ever played that? No. No, I have not. Battle Chef Brigade, I think it was an Adult Swim game, or it was like an indie game. I can't remember. I got an unlimited run. And essentially, you run a kitchen as a chef, but the chefs in this world, they actually battle and like compete to make food. So you have like these boss battles where you have to learn new recipes and try to like out cook the chef through you know mini games and then to get your ingredients and practice and become a better chef you go out in the world and fight monsters and collect stuff like your ingredients oh that's great yeah i like pairing a domestic task or a domestic slice of life with something fantastic i'm attracted to it with you know school and dungeon crawling and persona i really like running a shop and dungeon crawling and moonlighter right Like, so anytime that you have that paired up, it's just, I don't know what it is about it. It's just, I find it really interesting because each time you go to one side of the coin of that game, everything you do just benefits the other side and vice versa. So there's just a, I mean, if if it's done right, there's a real cohesion, you know? It does bring a huge amount of cohesion to your world. It may, I mean, if you're playing like a sci-fi game and you're going around doing your quest and you see a mineral, you know, and you mine that thing and then you get back to your ship and you can actually use it. Yeah, it's like that makes you feel like you're part of a world. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you have a game that its core gameplay elements complement each other and then just kind of bounce you back and forth. To me, a game like that just is constantly tugging me. Like, before I can stop, let me do this real quick. Okay, now let me do this. Now I gotta go ahead and do this thing too. That's that's good. That's good game design. But other than that, they led off with, and I can't believe you didn't write this down. You may have missed it. Fire Emblem Engage. Oh, I didn't see it. You did, Oh, you must have gone into the direct late. Okay. I was tuning in during work. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> I was too. You can tell him. I don't care. Uh, but... <laughs> Fire Emblem Engage was announced. That's the new mainline Fire Emblem game. It's supposed to be released January 20th. Wow. And what's interesting about it is they showed off characters from past Fire Emblem games like Marth and Celica. I saw Sigurd. And basically in this world, it's like way in the future from all the other Fire Emblem games in the past. And they have these rings they can use to summon heroes of the past to fight like this new threat that attacks the world every hundred years or some weirdness. I don't know. Who cares? You're bringing in <laughs> it's 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 fan service the game basically, and it still looks fleshed out. Looks like it's going to have an interesting story. Not only can you summon classic characters, but they show up in the hub world so you can talk to them, and hopefully they'll be integrated in the story. You have a hub that's similar to Garrick Mock, but obviously you're not teaching at a school. It's probably more like a base camp or something. Uh, which I'm into. I loved how they integrated. Again, talk about games that bounce you back and forth. Fire Emblem strategy gameplay with social sim, right? I'm into that. And it also appears to have a French theme. A lot of the names of weapons and characters are French. The locations look French. The architecture looks French. The main character looks like the French flag. Hmm. They're calling him Colgate-chan because he's just like got blue hair and red hair. And they're like split. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's good stuff toothpaste. yeah exactly i'm into it though i'm really excited about it and i can't believe we're getting another fire emblem so soon even though technically the previous one was a warriors game but what is the reason for the hair the red and the blue you know what there probably is a reason because that's how japanese games do there's definitely a reason it's not going to make any sense and you're going to be like mm. well you didn't really have to do that but there's going to be a very specific reason i'm sure <laughs> maybe it has something to do with their power to summon the heroes or like their destiny or the duality of 
the force they fight for versus the force they fight against. Because Fire Emblem loves to do stuff like that, too, of light and dark, doppelganger, shit like that. Who knows? I'm into it. I'm into it. We had Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. Is this a brand new Fatal Frame game? Brand new Fatal Frame game. Isn't that freaking cool, huh? That's amazing. It's been a long time. It has been a long time. The last one was the Wii U game that they ported, right? Ooh, I, did they port one to the Wii U? Man, I, I I just remember playing the original and just bricking my pants, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was scary. <laughs> scary. Yes. Back in the day, we didn't have too many... I mean, you know, during the PlayStation era, we didn't have any too many first-person horror games. No. And this was third-person, but in order to combat the ghosts, you had to look at them through a first-person lens with the camera. So it's like basically forcing you... To look at the thing that you're scared at. And you would think after a while that that wouldn't be scary. But of course they splice in surprises and hauntings. And sometimes you'll open a door and a ghost goes boo. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) So it's really, it's good times. And hopefully with all of the iterations in game design that we've had, they're going to take some inspiration and still give us that classic Fatal Frame experience, but it's going to feel fresh. I mean, with the Switch, with the gyroscopic controls, that lends <sighs> itself really freaking good to a camera. It's going to scare the shit out of some kids. That's going to be cool. I, yeah. I wonder if they would have like a augmented reality side game or something where they put ghosts from the game in your in your room. That'd be neat. <laughs> Ooh, or a, a Labo integration with the VR. Sure, why not? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh my god. Moving on, we had announcements of expansions for Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I don't really care. Unless you're a Xenoblade. Was there anything in this direct that you were like, I'm going to get that. I'm going to play that. Mario Rabbids. I really like that. XCOM style gameplay. That's Mm -hmm. cool. I'm not going to lie. I I own NSO, so I might get into that uh, GoldenEye just for fun, just for GoldenEye on the go. That's kind of cool. Hell yeah. Factorio makes sense on the Switch. What's Factorio again? Like a factory simulator game. It's kind of, Mm. you just like make these big Rube Goldberg-esque contraptions and it's kind of like you manage, kind of like a city manager type game. I think I remember seeing that in the direct. The things that really stood out to me Octopath. Yeah, Octopath for sure. I love the original Octopath a lot. And one of the criticisms of that game was that their stories didn't really intersect yeah. or they weren't affected by the other party members and a lot of the biggest complaint. Yeah. And it wasn't the worst idea in the world. Like the game was still neat, but I mean in a game called Octopath, how can they not touch how can their stories not touch? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, there were eight separate paths, but they just help you fight and battle, right? It still had a cool overarching story if you dug for it at the end, and then the resolutions of the stories, they were hits and misses, but I enjoyed the variety, and this looks just to expand on that. So I'm going to jump all over that. Then we had, of the farming simulators, we had Fay Farm, Rune Factory, Harvestella, I had mentioned that. Oh, and then the most boring one, Various Day Life. Are you kidding me? Workaday Simulator? That's just like a <laughs> that's a throwaway title if I've ever seen it. And the the trailer really looked pretty bland too, honestly. Did I mean, did you take anything from it? I actually was interested in it, but again, I like doing mundane tasks in video games. I mean, you're no stranger to that. You've been playing a lot of Power Wash Simulator, right? <laughs> Yeah, there is definitely a something to it, to doing real work, to doing something that is just menial. Like there's yeah. to over time build up something grand, and you know, you know they can they're making a whole game about it. They can't just feed you the same thing over again, over again. They keep it fresh. That's my number one main complaint, is games where it's like 
you got to work, you know, in quotes, you got to work. Um, okay, well, I don't want to actually really work. So keep give me some gameplay. Give me something that's fresh and not just repetitive and grindy. That's where my real hang up is, is where yeah. you're doing something that is actually just grinding your time away. That's not a unique gameplay loop. That's not, it's not being modified by you. something, you know? I get you. Yeah, and, you know, various day life sounds like that that particular execution doesn't speak to you. But it's got the social sim, too. Yeah, yeah. And, I'm, I mean, I think that's part of the reason why I was, like, definitely looking to check it out. I mean, the names that Square Enix has, they're great. Keep them coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember playing Lawn Mowing Simulator, and it does have progression because the more money you make mowing lawns, you can buy better equipment to mow yeah. more expensive lawns to get more money and then grow your business slowly over time get like other employees and stuff like that that was kind of neat but i gotta admit i did basically come just so i could watch the grass get smaller as i drove around the yard and i completely agree with you that's not engaging there's not a whole lot of variety it is definitely boring and for some reason stuff like that like helps me relax there are games you play for the challenge there are games you play for the story there are games you play with your friends and for, you know, that that sense of like getting good and trying out different skills. And then there are games I think that some people play just to chill and it's Zen for me to mow a lawn. <laughs> but it's yes. also Zen for me to play Dynasty Warriors. So it's a completely Katamari. That's another one. I love playing oh, Katamari. Katamari. Very you know relaxing. I mean? Yeah. Very, very relaxing. relaxing. So maybe folks who like those types of games might want to give it the side eye. I'm not sure. And then we had a new Atelier Riza, Riza, I can't remember how to pronounce it. That's coming out. That's another long-running RPG series. Tunic looked kind of cute. Ubisoft Oddballers, Gang Beast ripoff. Yeah, they announced that Tunic was going to come to the Switch, and that's already been on the Xbox. I had my thoughts on that game. I want to go back and try it again, but my initial experience wasn't so good. I thought they explained too little. They made it a little too difficult as far as like the level design and the enemies you have to fight and the equipment that you're given in the very beginning. It didn't mesh well for me. It didn't flow right. So I have to see if I can push past that to see if there's a good game there. But for folks who are into like classic overhead Zelda, and if you have a Switch, you likely are, might be one to watch. Front Mission 1, 2, and 3, those are the Square Enix tactics RPGs. Like, like you mentioned, XCOM. It's the XCOM for mechs. Those are being remastered and re-released, which a lot of people are really excited about. They had Theater Rhythm, which I always oh call God. Fiat Rhythm, but apparently Theater Rhythm because you pronounce the R like er and just say rhythm. But I have it for 3DS and they're coming out with a version it looks like for Switch. It looked like it was a brand new game, not a port. Is that the impression you got? That's what I got. Final, yeah. Final Bar Line is the name of it. This is the most amount of songs I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this, is like, this is like an 8 megabyte iPod worth of songs it's like 385 <laughs> initially 90 for the DLC and then another almost a thousand in additional DLC yeah. whoa whoa but I mean the base game itself 385 songs I'll take it that's great for real and they're they're orchestral they're like pieces from the soundtrack of Final Fantasy games am I right yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the theme of the original game, which I think was called Curtain Call. I can't remember, but it was on 3DS. And it's a rhythm game, obviously, and you play through the songs and hit all the points, and then have simulated battles and stuff as you were doing it. It was a lot of fun, actually. Especially so if cool. you're a longtime fan of Final Fantasy and you love that music, which I do, definitely. So. Well, those are going to be long songs. Like That's just not like a small amount of content. Each one of those songs is going to be thick. 
they may remix or shorten or alter them somewhat. I've seen them do that in the past, but still, I doubt they're going to chop them up so that you don't recognize them. And mm-hmm. it is, it's going to be a lot of fun. I agree. Most levels will probably take three to five minutes, possibly longer if, like you said, they do the big orchestral original version. N64, we already talked about GoldenEye. On the NSO, a lot of awesome games. Mario big Party. Hits. One, two, and three with online play. Goldeneye with online play. Pokemon Stadium one and two. Pilot Wings and 1080 Snowboarding. Those are games I actually played as a youth. I'm super excited to go back and visit those. Excite Byte 64. All within, was it like a six month window coming up? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. 1080 Snowboarding. That's, um, that soundtrack just hits. It does. They talked about Mario Strikers, Mario Kart updates. Nothing really new. Pikmin 4 was announced, but they didn't show any gameplay at all. Just they're nope. making it. It's title flash. Yeah. So that's great. And I believe they officially announced that Pikmin 1 and 2 would be coming to Switch, which we didn't have confirmed before. I believe. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't see that, but I I, th- I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, I could be remembering it wrong. It's, it's so tough. The thing I need to get adjusted with and maybe change is when we did gaming news weekly, it was a lot easier for me to recall things that happened in the week. But the fact that it's been two weeks and so many things happened. So many things. And I even spent yesterday refreshing on a lot of this, but I didn't get a chance to watch all of the stuff because it was a lot of stuff. So I had to remember from when I initially watched it. And wow, we had Raincode announced for the Switch. Which looked like a cool like this detective. This looked pretty game. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this looked really unique, honestly. Mm-hmm. What did you take from it? I like detective stories and I definitely like ones that lean into the investigation aspect and make it part of the gameplay, so I'm into it. I, I like That's the exactly vibe. what I was gonna say. That's all I was gonna say. I was I was like, I like how hands on the detective things yes. looked. That's what I love about LA Noir, man. LA Fucking Noir. Yes, that's what yes. I was about to say. LA yeah. Noir kicked ass because it was like you felt like you were really sussing these situations out. They weren't mm-hmm. serving it to you. You were doing it yourself. No, you were and, at the crime scene getting yeah. clues. You were talking to the witnesses. You were going to other locations. Doubt. Go back doubt. And play that game. Doubt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Press X for doubt. Tell me the truth, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Resident Evil actually had a section at the direct and as soon as i saw resident evil village i was like oh more cloud games and that's exactly what it is exactly there's no way you get that on the switch no no way so resident evil 2 and 3 the recent remakes and resident evil village they're gonna have cloud versions so cool if you legit have no other way to play them but if you do obviously skip sifu announced for switch very cool Nice. Info on Crisis Core Reunion. Radiant Silver Gun, an old treasure game, which is, you wrote down here, Gradius-type space shooter. I would say that, mm-hmm. top-down shooter. Right. But, uh, I mean, anything from treasure, I'm all over, and it was one of the best. So that was a big win for people who are into that niche style of gameplay. You the don't schmucks. see a lot of games like these, and this one looks really cool, because Gradius, I mean, back in the day, man, the art style, beautiful, the gameplay frantic, you know, so pretty cool for people who like arcade games. Yeah, no, exactly. And Radiant Silver Gun, like I said, it's one of the best. So that's awesome. Tales of Symphonia, that was already released on... Tales of Symphonia was already released on PS4 and Xbox One, right? Because we're talking about Tales of Symphonia remaster. I get so... I kind of wish Full Metal Merc was here because he was my resident Tales expert. He knew the difference between all the games. (laughs) If you're looking that up... uh, It says it's coming out alongside Switch in 2023. Remastered. 
All right. Well, maybe it's the it's a new remaster from the Tales series. Awesome. If you're into RPGs, Life is Strange, Lego oh Brick Tales, Disney Speedstorm. That kart racer looks kind of cool. Speedstorm. Wasn't it supposed to be like a free-to-play? I can't remember. Or is it like an actual retail release? Speedstorm, if you're releasing a racing game right now, it should be free-to-play. Because there's no, it's, there's no way, this is me speculating, you should totally make it free-to-play. Because there's other competitive games that are just priced better. And it's like, the ecosystem is already great for supporting you with microtransactions. The, com- yeah. the competition is way... As long as you don't do it like Chocobo GP. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that was the bad way to do it. But I get you. The market's already pretty sliced out with Mario Kart. And then if you're more realistic, like Forza, right? So if you want to get in there, probably to get in front of as many people as you can and make fans first, free to play. So we'll see. I think it was free to play, but I'm not sure. And then Fall Guys Season 2, cool. Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe. This is a remaster coming to the switch it was originally a 3ds game if i recall is that correct do you remember or is it Wii? kirby return to dreamland for kirby fans out there you know but again my kid's super into kirby and i was excited to have something to play with him soon and it looks like they're adding additional mini games from the original release it's gonna have local four player games everybody can be kirby so you don't necessarily have to be the one without the powers like in some of the co-op experiences of the past like forgotten land for instance somebody right. had to be the bandana d which kind you know, of lopsided <laughs> pretty much but yeah i mean it looks great and then of course zelda tears of the kingdom showed up and oh man got a lot more footage we got a release date may 12th psyched about that one Oh, it's so psyched, man. Breath of the Wild brought me back to the Zelda series after I hadn't really been on it for a long time. You know, mm. and Breath of the Wild was just so killer. Excited to see more of that. It's like Skyward Sword. It looks like maybe you have some floating island business in there, which sure. is just like, that's cool because the aerial travel in Breath of the Wild is so un- underdone. Like there's so much air in that game mm-hmm. and they're just not using it. We can't, we can't really use it. So yeah, stoked for that. That'll be a great game. Hopefully. Do you know people are actually pronouncing it Tears of the Kingdom? They had to come out and confirm it was like crying tears. And I'm like, who thought it was tears? That's what? not intuitively what you would think. Yeah. No, tears of the king, like tears of the, <laughs> I just think that's so funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm super excited about it too. Loved Breath of the Wild. Still, every time I pick it up just to check it out, same thing with Skyrim. I'm like, oh, I forgot how good this game is. And then all of right. a sudden it's been two hours, right? Super pumped that they can deliver that experience to us again. Your overall thoughts on this direct? Huge direct. You and I were talking about we were hoping for Metroid, right? But we didn't get any Metroid. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, a big W, I think. Lots of lots of cool stuff. Were you missing other things? Yeah, no, I was going to say, I really think it was a great direct, too. And there were rumors about a lot more GameCube remasters. Jeff Grubb, one of the leakers we talked about before, he still says Prime is coming. He's like, I may have been wrong about them announcing it this direct, but before the end of the year, Metroid Prime on Switch. Okay, we'll see. I've heard whispers from other people in the industry hinting at GameCube on the Switch. Some people were saying, like, the NSO, and I'm like, no, there's no way they're doing Nintendo Switch Online with GameCube. They're not going to jump that far that ahead, not without doing Game Boy stuff, right? They could. But... It sounds like they are going to try to move a lot of GameCube titles to the Switch. And there are a lot of titles out there that people really want to see on the Switch, including myself. So 
obviously Metroid would jump in there pretty easily and we'll have to, you know, there's some Zelda titles that haven't been put there yet. So we'll have to see. All right. Other Nintendo news. This is the last thing we have for Nintendo. It was recently revealed in an episode of the Kit and Krista podcast. Those are hosts who have worked uh, several years in Nintendo's PR. They were talking about working with Nintendo and how they had recommended for a Pokemon event that they would do a Nuzlocke. And they were immediately shut down by the Pokemon company. And it was relayed to them that they viewed Nuzlocke's on the same level as ROM hacks. Now, since then, I believe the Pokemon company or Nintendo has come out and said that that actually is not the case. And there's a misunderstanding there. But when I read it, like when I when I heard that they had mentioned that, it made weird sense to me that Nintendo would be so out of the loop. They thought that Nuzlocking would be some kind of weird ROM hack. To the layman, what is a Nuzlocke? Thank you, because not everybody knows what a Nuzlocke is. Okay. To me. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So you know how Pokemon is notoriously easy, right? I mean, it's a children's game. So a Nuzlocke is a set of self-imposed rules. Originally, that got popular on Reddit and obviously in the overall Pokemon community. It's from the Pokemon Nuzleaf and the lost character John Locke. I don't know why. <laughs> Nuzlocke. And essentially... If a Pokemon faints in battle, it's dead. You have to release it. You can only catch one Pokemon per new route, and you have to name every Pokemon that you catch. Now, there are additional rules. Some people play Nuzlocke without items unless it's in battle or uh, or only outside of battle, right? Some people play Nuzlocke where they level cap themselves before each gym where they can't, like, power level. But those are the essential rules. Name them one per route. If they faint, they're gone. So this is just a self-imposed hard mode? No modding, nothing like that yeah. involved? That's Obviously hilarious. you can, there are mods out there that have optional Nuzlocke sliders or whatever, but you can you can play any classic Pokemon game legitly and do a Nuzlocke. I've done exactly one. I did a Nuzlocke of Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. It was extremely difficult. I wasn't sure if I was going to make it. Actually... If you listen to classic episodes of the podcast, you'll hear me talking about it week over week as I was going through it, who died and who survived. So it was extremely difficult. It was the third time I attempted a Nuzlocke, but the first time I ever actually got all the way through. I've never played a Pokemon game and I've tried. I've tried a couple times. They're hard. I I couldn't do this. But they um, (laughs) thought it was ROM hacking. That is so funny because Nintendo is just unplugged enough and also a cease and desist. Yeah, they're very protective of their IP. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it comes to tournaments and emulation and fan communities and all of that playing together, obviously they want you to locally play. But when it comes to like internet stuff, they seem to be like, "Eh, I don't know. (laughs) You know what I mean? We don't want anyone making money off of this. We don't want to make too much money off it ourselves, but no one else really. Yeah, exactly. All right. Moving on from Nintendo. What else news we got this week? There's an awesome Half-Life 2 Total Conversion VR mod. So if you're a VR head like me, this is the best Half-Life 2 VR mod. It's it's one of the only ones, but it is the best one. You can install it super easily because it's officially supported. So if you have Half-Life 2, just go to the community and download it and play it on your, your headset because... Um, Man, it's an immersive game. That is, uh, it, I mean, it's an old game, but you will still be very engrossed in it. Good sound design in Half-Life 2, which is oh, yeah. obviously critical for VR. It's a horror game. It's a, it's one of the best action games you'll ever play. Just some very organic action scenes that are 
driven by you and physics. And it's just you and physics and a little bit of storytelling that over and over again, incredible sci-fi story. It's moving. But here's a note. They don't have episodes one and two yet, so they're working on that. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Anything else in the world of Valve? Valve has some fishing going on not the the with a not with a fishing kind yeah. yeah no the yeah. bad the bad internet kind fair <laughs> enough what's going on how are they uh how are, are you saying valve is fishing people no there's some scammers <laughs> that are fishing for your steam login you may get some random dm on some social discord or insta about hey i need someone to fill in this spot in my game tournament or like hey i see you like to play valorant you should check out this website. We host game tournaments, something along those lines of like, hey, game tournaments. And then you go and click the link and it just fishes your info, but it looks really legit. So that's that's the big thing is it looks way more legit than it should. And then it redirects you to the official Steam site. So it just, you think you logged in and it's all good to go. And they give you get an email that's like, hey, we'll message you when your account's ready or something like that. So it looks all legit, but then they, they just change your your email and your password really quickly, and you're locked out of your Steam account. Yikes. So don't don't do that. I feel like I would totally get fooled by that if like I'm really really weary of clicking external links. If they're like, go mm-hmm. to the Steam blah, I'll just go straight to Steam, right? Mm-hmm. But it sounds like the way that they're doing it, it's already like something unique that they're setting up. So you might be apt to do it. Like I could see falling for that. That's crazy. I recently fell for a phishing link scam and I am very savvy with it. Yeah, you know, you're like a younger not, guy. I mean, you've grew up around the internet. I'm not stupid. Yeah, yeah I'm not stupid. I've spent my whole life on the internet and I, I, got, I made a purchase on Target Online. And right at the same exact time that I got sent my tracking info, I got one of those businessy looking texts from UPS quotes. Uh, oh my god! And, and it was like, "Hey, you have to blah 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 blah." And I just filled it all out because I wanted my damn package. And afterwards, I was like, "Oh, that looked kind of fishy." So, got him. yep, cancel my damn card. That's rough, buddy. It is funny, but yeah, don't go to these websites, especially if you don't know the people. That's the main thing. And then the other thing. It looks like a real separate window. Like when you go to link your Steam account to whatever website, it looks like a real window. You can like minimize it and everything and it shows in your taskbar, but it's not a real separate window. It's actually within your current open browser. And if you like drag it to the bottom of your screen, it's not going to act like how a normal browser will act. So it won't give you that like maximize and it won't it won't let you pin it to your taskbar and uh, mm. stuff like that. So subtly not a separate window, even though it presents itself as one. All right. So don't click on the link at all. But if you really need to, that might be a test you can you can use to make sure that you're not being scammed. All right. I saw that you wrote down some NVIDIA news here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, we're on the precipice of some new cards. The 4090 and the 4080 just got announced. And those are some walloping cards. They showed some graphs with uh, four times better performance on some of our favorite games like Apex, Fortnite, Call of Duty, etc. And two times faster exports for GPU accelerated programs like Adobe Suite, etc. Are we going to be able to get a hold of these anytime soon, though, with just the manufacturer shortage and all that? Yeah, they're dropping really quickly. And NVIDIA also says that the low GPU prices that we're seeing right now are not going to stick around forever. So they're going to go back up to normal prices. We got the 4090, 1599, October 12th. And then the 4080 is 899. And they're having to upgrade it like a TI or something for 1199. Those are in November. Okay. 
All right. Well, Juicy. folks, if you want to get on those, and it sounds like you do, you might need to. They're physically big. You need to make some space in your case. <laughs> in my case, I probably have to get a bigger case. I got a, I got a tiny case. The cords in there are just like, help me. Yeah. A little choked. <laughs> I mentioned earlier developer-specific stuff. Anything on that front this week? We have some cool news all around from different developers and some miscellaneous stuff. Starting here with Ubisoft had a funny thing happen with Mirage got flagged as an adult-only 18-plus rated game by uh, some website, and they had to come out and say, hey, this is not true. It's not rated yet. So that, that was kind of funny. Mirage. It was for Mirage, which was recently revealed at the Ubisoft Forward. Yeah, from what I recall from Mirage, they're alluding to going back to more of the series' roots instead of the direction they've gone lately with Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, where it was more RPG-focused. Action RPG. Yeah, so they're going to go back to that and really just focus on stealth, parkour, and the core gameplay elements they had in the original Assassin's Creed games. I'm okay with either style. I don't really fuck with Ubisoft lately, so even right. though they, they're finally making a game I've been asking them to make since the first Assassin's Creed, you know, unless things drastically change, I probably won't be playing it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, aside from Mirage, what else do we have that was announced? They announced some some other stuff, a a Netflix show, a Netflix mobile game, Okay. Called Jade that's going to come out. It's a China-based. Yeah, it uh, takes place in China. Remember yes, that? and then AC Red is another main game that they're feudal Japan. So more of this theme of I just hope we don't get tired of it. It's probably going to get super played out really quickly. <laughs> it's on that well, road. I saw that they confirmed too for uh, and these are project names, so they're likely to change. But Assassin's Creed Red is the feudal Japan, and I have been mm -hmm. asked. I've been wanting ninjas since the first Assassin's Creed. I'm like, go Dude, to Japan. Yes. Go Just to Japan. Just the architecture is yeah. so rife for parkour to the max. Well, I mean, I was such a huge fan of Tenchu when I saw the promo for the original Assassin's Creed, and I was definitely there day one when it came out. All I could think about was Tenchu, because how many Assassin games do you really have? You have games that have stealth elements, even focus on stealth. But really, like, you are an assassin. I haven't really played anything like that since Tension, right. so I was super excited. But immediately I wanted a Japan game, and it's finally coming way too late. But I'm happy for <laughs> folks who were similar-minded. And then Assassin's Creed Hex. Hex looks kind of cool. Sound like it was going to be about witches? That's it. That's all they gave us. They were witches. Well, Assassin's yeah. Creed X witches. You know what they say in Marvel? It's either aliens, robots, or witches. You know. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. Witches are hot right now. Yeah, aliens, wizards, and witches. But yeah, no, they're hot right now, for sure. Uh, it was Agatha all along. And then... <laughs> so, AC Infinity, tying this all together, that's their new hub world that they're launching, right? So they're mm -hmm. hosting all of their new Assassin's Creed titles inside of Infinity. It's going to be... You can find all the AC games here. You can buy their DLCs. You can experience the free ones. But it's going to be a, it's not like a menu. It's a game. It's like a city, right? That's how they're describing it. All right. Anything other than that that you found noteworthy from the Ubisoft Forward? From the Ubisoft Forward, Sparks of Hope, the Rabbids game. They did a little bit about that. Skull and Bones, and then a new division from Tom Clancy, Division Free to Play called Heartland. I imagine a lot of people are going to be really into that because the Division 2 was 
pretty popular amongst people who like that style of like third person grinder shooter. I I don't personally don't see a lot in it, but uh, some people are really going to be excited about that. For sure. All right. Well, since I got you here, might as well get into a bit of VR news. What's going on in your world right now? TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, is releasing a VR headset called Pico, which is really high end for the price. 420 bucks gets you the 128 gigabyte available October 18th. And this has a lot of nice specs that quite frankly beat the Quest 2 and it's lighter too and it has like this battery on the back design so it's more ergonomic. It has the true color pass through. It has the same sort of inside out tracking so the four external facing cameras that the Quest has it has that but it has a 90 hertz 105 degree 4k plus screen so this is just a nicer screen and a, it's a snapdragon xr2 processor in there so nicer processor too crazy especially because the quest just went up in price this is super competitive it's basically going to have the same app store because ByteDance is getting after developers to very much incentivize them to make some apps for this thing so immediately mm. they have a uh, 165 plus library of games that's already on there so this thing's really cool. I think that's going to put a lot of heat on the Cambria project or the uh, the Quest Pro thing that's coming out that got leaked not too long ago. That looks It looks pretty good, but we'll have to see the official specs when they launch. I'll take your word for it, man. <laughs> it sounds awesome. All right. And then EA dropped a bomb recently that I was very interested in. They announced that they're making an Iron Man game, and they specifically said on Twitter it would be single-player focus. A lot of people are speculating it's going to be similar to Spider-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm like 100% for it. I feel like the success of Spider-Man, the success of Guardians of the Galaxy versus Marvel Avengers has people rethinking like how they want to deliver the MCU video game-wise, and single-player experiences seem to be it. I'm not saying you can't do a multiplayer, but they just got too greedy. They got too live service with Marvel's Avengers, so... Not much to say. We don't need to speculate on it. I'm excited about it. Are you excited about it? I just hope it's not like Anthem. I hope it's not like Anthem. I hope it's not like the original Iron Man games because, oh my God, <laughs> Sega dropped yeah. all the balls with that. <laughs> all right. And then speaking of dropping the ball, this last bombshell of news comes straight to you from Rockstar. I got on Twitter and I saw a tweet from Jason Schreier and it was like, yes, it turns out the leaks for GTA 6 are likely real, according to my sources. And I was like, what leaks? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, what, what did Polygon say? 50 minutes of leaked footage from Grand Theft Auto 6. Wow. Yeah, I woke up. First thing is like, a couple notifications about it, and I was seeing it all over TikTok, and I was just immediately like, let's watch all of it. 50 minutes of developer screen footage. You know, you've got all this text on the screen that's uh, the code and stuff. It's insane. This yeah. is uh, historic. You know, a lot of it was in debug and obviously programming mode. I didn't watch all of it. I think I just watched the big chunk, like the three minute. And before we talk, we haven't said anything spoilery, have we? I don't think we have. Okay. No. I want to put a spoiler warning down because we're going to talk about the details of what we saw in this. If you don't want to know anything about Grand Theft Auto 6, the location, some of the gameplay elements, I mean, there's, I think outside the location, there's not a ton we can spoil because it was already confirmed the type of characters we were going to get, but we're going to talk about that too. If you don't want to be spoiled, then just shoot past this 
and I will timestamp when we're done talking spoilers. That way you can you can skip it all together. But confirmed because a friend in the Discord grabbed a screenshot, and I thought it was this, but I wasn't sure. Vice City. That's the location. Port Gellhorn was on the side of the police cars. And the way that people were talking, like I heard somebody say Poppy. And I saw the palm trees. And then somebody pointed out that the subway actually says Vice City. So it's confirmed. Yep. Confirmed. And, you know, we get to see, we knew there was going to be, one of the characters was going to be a woman. And we got to see her in action, actually, filling mm-hmm. out her jeans like you wouldn't believe. Oh, oh my, my God. Tell me about it, dude. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I was like... You know, as far as a third-person game, we could do worse. So, <laughs> do you know what a fan cam is? Uh, no. What's a fan cam? Fan cam is just like a quick little edit that you do of someone that you like. You're in love with them, and you see them on TikTok all all, all the time. Of like, you know, like oh, someone okay. that you just really like, and it's to music. <laughs> it's just a bunch of flattering pictures of them, and you're like, I love this person. Yeah. Uh, already seeing. Already. Uh, what, do we know her name? Do we even know her name? I don't remember if they mentioned her name. I don't or think not, so. Because the thing that surprised me most about this is they had voice acting and a lot of the models were not finished, but they were way more. This whole game is a lot farther along than I thought it was going to yeah. be since they announced it. You know what I mean? But yeah, people are making fan. Vi- are, ba- are they thirsting for the lady yes. character in GTA? They're right to do it. She's thick. She is. Yeah. And she's pretty bad too. She's bad. The way she robbing that diner. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she'll be as sexy as Trevor, but I mean, who get, who is honestly? Who can? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they show that you can hold up a diner and one of the playable characters was with them uh, and then they escape and they have to run from the police. And obviously there's a lot of code popping up. A lot of the reactions from NPCs based on your actions are already coded in. Yep. I mean, again, I am blown away by how much of this game is finished. And you know what's really funny? How many video gamers out there don't know that much about video games? Because a lot of people are saying it looks like shit. And I'm like, <laughs> it's in development, dude. It it's is bad takes central. It yeah. is bad takes. It shows how ignorant you are about game development and why you should never criticize any developer, tester, whoever. Because you don't know shit about how they're made. You yeah. have no idea how hard it is and the process that you have to go through. There's a dark side to this leak, unfortunately, but before oh, we yeah. get to the dark side, anything else, any opinions you had based on the stuff that you saw? Positive stuff is like, I think the game is shaping up like it's going to be awesome. Really excited for it. Vice oh, yeah. City is a freaking excellent, excellent location. Yeah. The two characters that they showed, the guy is going to be a cool character. It's going to be in a GTA game. You know, we're, we're so yeah. excited for it. We're, we're so and, excited for that. And they that. have strip clubs. Strip clubs are confirmed. Confirmed, yeah. In case you're into that sort of thing, if, in case you want to make it rain. Would be surprised uh, <laughs> if there was not strip club available in Vice yeah. City. What I'm curious about is there going to be a male strip club because we have a lady character, huh? I think it's you can see time. male strippers in uh, GTA Five. Can you not? Mm, I don't think so. I don't recall there being male strippers in GTA Five unless they patched that in or it was an online. Yeah, check on that. My guy in the chair is checking on that. <laughs> and while there you're checking male on strippers. that, there are no male no, strippers. No male strippers in GTA Five. Get on it, Rockstar. I want to see dicks and socks. All for right. real. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, for, I mean, seriously, if you're wanting to be more diverse and inclusive and you have male and female characters now and they're affecting the story, then let's keep it a buck. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a simulation game. You have to have everything. Exactly. You have to have the whole world. 
We got all spectrum of players, and they like all spectrum of people. Get them out. I the- want to see. I want to see big girls stripping too. Okay, not yes. just the skinny ones. All right. GTA Four right. had some big girls, some big working girls. Oh, did they? I don't remember yes. that. Yes. Fair enough. Yes. That's awesome. The um, bright side okay. of the leak is everyone's excited. Everyone's yeah, excited. That's a, that's essentially the bright side. This hacker's an asshole. Yeah. So you know all the details. Lay it on the people out there. What is going on with the hacker? Well, so the hack is interesting. It's not. It's not a glamorous hack. The guy was able to exploit like a network thing and get into Rockstar's internal communication platform called Slack. Which isn't that funny? Is that what they use, you think, for the people who develop, like, who work from home? Because that was my concern, that this was going to affect their ability probably. to allow people to work from home. That sucks. That yeah. really sucks. That's pretty lame. It's probably just like Microsoft Teams. It's literally probably does all the same thing. You probably team share, you know, organize your projects and shit. Exactly. He didn't just get videos, you know, fun little videos. He he claims... Source code. Source code. Is it confirmed not just that he GTA has source 5? code? Yeah, GTA 5 and it's GTA hearsay. 6, right? It's hearsay. hearsay. Okay. Because he's claimed that he has source code, right? And depending on, like you said, the level of the hack, and it sounds like he got right up in there, he should have probably had access to it. I mean, he's basically extorting them right now. He's like, reach yep. out to me if you don't want me to drop the rest of the shit. And that is, I don't really usually go to bat for large corporations. I don't really feel sorry for them. But this affects so many people from the from the top to the ground. And it affects a lot of fans. It's just, it's shitty all the way around. And honestly, other than knowing that it's further along in development than I thought, I didn't need to know any of this. Exactly. I don't care to know any of this. He's just being an asshole. It's cool news. And, you know, if there's an area of opportunity, you know, someone will. Probably if they can, they will. Okay. But taking it to this point of like trying to get money out of and threatening and honestly, if you put the power in my hands and you say, hey, do you you have the ability to get this leak on GTA 6? Do you want to do it or no? There's a chance I do it, right? Because that's big time. That's so cool. But there's no chance that I I leak anything that is detrimental. Because like, guess what people do when they have the source code to a video game? They hack it. It's so it's it's a thousand times easier to exploit that game. You either have two choices as a as a developer. You you deal with that, and you lose money, and you lose players to a toxic game that's being exploited, or you put a ridiculous amount of man time and hours and money into fixing it. And the thing is, source code, I mean, explain, like we talk about layman with Nuzlocke. There's a layman with source code. I don't know if people, because they didn't understand that this was not a finished game, they really understand the value of source code. And how proprietary source code is. I mean, this this is something that somebody worked on at length. These are programs. These are AI routines. These are things that make Rockstar Rockstar. It's like the secret sauce to mom's spaghetti, right? It's like like that ingredient, (laughs) Bush's baked beans, the dog won't tell you. It's the thing that makes it the thing. If you steal their source code, that's, that's somebody's hard work and talent and art just being lifted without any effort on the part of the thief. It sucks completely sucks and it, it shows that the thief isn't really in it for not the love of the, the game certainly not the lug of not They're the love of the game rockstar and not even shitty. the love of the hype that they could garner because mm-hmm. yeah it, they they would they would have just left it at the good stuff if it was just about that but nope they are simply just in it for the money what an asshole exactly this guy sucks fuck him, fuck <laughs> him. don't hack me bro <laughs> all right that's the end of the spoilers right there so i'll put a timestamp for people to come back in now before we take a break for the ad i want to put people on for next episode 
I've had some feedback from a few people who listen to the show that they miss the What You Playing segment from the old show. So what I'm going to do, even though I don't play as many different video games as I had before and I'm a single host for the backlog, I am going to be bringing that back and discussing the games I'm playing currently. And if I have new shit to say at length, and then we will launch into that week's episode of the backlog. Alternating this next week, the backlog is going to be all about Mystical Ninja starring Goemon, the first half of the game. And Draven, you're playing Mystical Ninja right now, right? Are you doing oh, the Oh man, backlog? I just cracked. I cracked right into it and I did not do much past getting that pipe. Get the, well, you got to get the pipe, yeah, for sure. Oh, yes. Are you going to go the distance? Like, do you want to hang out with me next week and talk about the game? Those games tax me, but you know I'm going to push myself to okay. to grind through it. And well, no pressure. We can, yeah, we can definitely. You know? Yeah. So if you don't make it as far, but you make it far enough to where you want to discuss it a little bit and you don't care if I talk about a point you haven't been to yet, cool. If you want to hold off and be on like episode two, of Mystical Ninja, that's fine as well because that'll give you four weeks or six weeks. Would actually. you be upset if I used a walkthrough on this game? Not. Are you kidding me? Play however you want. It's <laughs> it's up to you. Use a walkthrough. I honestly, what I really love about this game, and one thing I'll mention before we even get into it next week, there is a room where this weird guy. You can pay him. He goes plasma. Have you met that guy? The plasma I don't think guy. So. In the first town you're in, you can find him, but you can find him pretty much any town throughout the world. Like he's he's at different spots. You pay him like ten Rio, which is like very little money in the game, and he tells you what the next thing in the game you should be doing is. So, for instance, you got the pipe. If you were to talk to the plasma guy before you got the pipe, which is the first thing you do, he tells you to go check out Mount Fuji. Where wait, I did talk to him. I, ta- I totally talked to him. Yes, he goes plasma. <laughs> I was very thankful for him because I did not know where to go at that time. He will always tell you where to go. He's awesome. I was able to get through it without a walkthrough for a good portion of the game. I never got to beat it because I didn't have a memory card, but I got very far without a walkthrough, specifically because of Plasma. Yeah, we're checking that out next week. So for those who are playing along, reach out to me if you want to be on the show or shoot me your thoughts and I will read it on the show. We'll talk about that next week. And uh, go from there. All right. Stick around. We'll be out for an ad. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere so you can find out where you can find more of Draven and hang out with him. And we're back. Draven, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being a friend, being a fan, and being someone who supports the show and being on the show with me today. Thank you so much. If folks are interested in hanging out with you, playing games online, or checking out your content, where can they find you at? Well, Mike, first off, thank you so much for having me today. It was a blast. Sorry if I came off a little nervous. You know, I was really excited. I'm a fan, so so sorry about that. But uh, (laughs) It's all good. I'm I'm honestly humbled. I mean, it's not like we haven't met fans of the show before, but I'm always floored whenever I find out that we have a fan. Because it, it, it makes me feel like, you know, we're finally finding our audience and we're delivering something of worth to people. So when I get that validation, people reach out like, I love this. It just feels amazing. So thank you for being proactive and reaching out to us. Thank you for being on the show. Don't worry about being nervous. The value you brought this week and the sheer amount of news that we covered. Oh, my goodness. There was so much to talk about. But yeah, where, where, where can people check you out at? 
TikTok's my platform that I post the most on. You can find all my videos. I'm a capturer of genuine gaming moments. I'm, I work a nine to five, man. I play video games for fun and I love to stream. So find me on Twitch and TikTok under Draven117, D like dog, R A V I N 117. Join my Discord, follow me, like, please just comment. I'm, I literally, I started TikTok and then I just found a community on there and it's been so fun to share my experiences with people and meet new people. That's really what I'm about. I'm just a gamer, just like you guys. Well, I know you're huge into Valorant, so you're always looking for people to play Valorant with you. Are there any other games that, that are mainstays that you would be down to have people fold into your community for? Oh yeah, Valorant is such a freaking good game my favorite game you know I, I try to get into all the popular games i love fortnite i'm definitely on that call of duty open beta that comes out in a couple days right i'm definitely uh an apex player and i'm a i'm a variety player too so anything that's fun like with friends like golf with friends or like jackbox games i've run divinity with my friends and we'll do maybe minecraft occasionally and i love vr games too so getting into something cool that's single player i'm not just all about that multiplayer jazz yeah no I've, i saw that you have a lot of content playing vr which is very cool because i don't know too many people you're gonna have to be my resident vr expert for sure <laughs> i'll make sure that draven's links are in the show notes make sure to join our discord we're in there he's in there join his discord especially if you want to get with him and his crew to play those games because it sounds like a really good time and i've watched a lot of his videos on TikTok, it's a positive good time. Like he is a GG gamer for sure. So a capital uh, G? Capital G. Well, it was capital more like G? GG, like good game. You're just like you're positive. Positive guy. You're a positive guy. You know what I mean? Gotta strive for that positivity and pay it forward. Yes, but sir. also Thank a capital for G for that. sure. Like I I've seen some of those trick shots that you had. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like it was uh it, it took talent. So yeah, for those who are interested, don't forget, we drop new episodes every single week at our hub at anchor.fm slash player2 has entered the pod. Gaming news and backlog, we alternate. But our podcast is also available on pretty much any platform that you listen to podcasts on, and that includes Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our newly updated link tree so you can listen to us, the gamer friends, get at us on Discord. Check us out on those social medias. If you want to support us for free, following, liking, sharing, commenting, all that good stuff, subscribing, it really helps us out. And we do have a Patreon for those who would like to put money towards the show. Patreon.com slash player two is there in the pod. Shout out to Jordan. We appreciate you, sir. And if you want to contact us directly, you can do that through social media or you can email me at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. That's a show. It's a long one. I knew it was going to be a long one. It's a beefy boy. Draven is technically minded, though, so he's going to give me, me some tips on editing, and I'll be singing his praises next week if they work. So <laughs> for those who came out and listened to us, thank you. We appreciate you. We love you, and we hope to see you next week. Take care.